Well, friends, our scripture lesson today is taken from the Gospel according to Matthew, chapter 5, verses 1 through 12. When Jesus saw the crowds, he went up the mountain, and after he sat down, his disciples came to him. Then he began to speak and taught them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will receive mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward is great in heaven. For in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. Well, I don't know how many of you work for a company that has a mission statement. Uh, okay, who here works for a company and they got them like a mission statement? All right, yeah. Some of these are pretty funny. The ones that you have. I mean, some of them uh, you recognize, maybe you don't. I don't know if you uh, recognize exactly what this mission statement is, but here is a corporate mission statement out there. Our mission is to empower every person and every organization on the planet to achieve more. Do you know who this is? It is Microsoft. That is the, the mission statement of Microsoft, okay? Here's one that I like. This is one of my favorites. To refresh the world in mind, body, and spirit. To inspire moments of optimism and happiness through our brands and actions. Coca-Cola. There it is. Okay? And, and I just think about the moments of optimism and happiness that I experience when I have a Diet Coke. Okay? I, I mean, you know, that is when I think most about the world. It's like, isn't this awesome? It's great, you know? I was depressed before, but give me that Diet Coke, and now I am optimistic and happy. Well, Jesus is, is talking to his disciples in a setting, in, in, and I think the verses that he uses, I mean, the Beatitudes are verses we often hear. We often hear, blessed are the, those who mourn, blessed are the meek. We often hear these things, but we often hear them uh, not quite understanding the context in which Jesus delivers these words, all right? So we always, when we tell a story, always go back to the setting. Always look at who he's talking to and the setting that he's delivering it in. It says at the beginning, when Jesus saw the crowds... He headed for the hills, literally. He went up the mountain. He saw the crowds, and he left. All right, so he went up the mountain. He didn't go to the crowds to talk to the crowds. He went up the mountain, all right, to be by himself. And then he sits down. He is chilling by himself, and his disciples came to him. So he is not delivering this teaching to the crowd. He is delivering this to this newly gathered group of disciples. Remember, we're only in chapter 5 of the Gospel of Matthew. It's early in the Gospel, all right? So this is not far along. The disciples have been newly called. Jesus is sees the crowds heads for the hills, and the disciples go up after him, and then he began to speak and taught them. Okay? 
He taught them. He's teaching this to the disciples. He's not teaching it to the crowds. See, too often we hear the Beatitudes as if they're talking to us, like when we are mourning or talking to us if we feel meek. But this teaching is not delivered to the disciples. We don't know if any of the disciples were in mourning, but nothing in the call suggests that any of them had recently lost a loved one. Okay? Nothing of that, nothing suggests that. And in fact, you remember the way these things are phrased. Blessed are are those who mourn for they not you for they it's only when he talks about being persecuted that he switches from they to you blessed are you when people revile you blessed are you right so it becomes a you but up to that point it's a they all right it is not about the disciples themselves he is not talking about the people who are mourning to the disciples as if they're it so he's not talking to us as if we are the subjects of the Beatitudes. Instead, what I imagine is happening is, is that Jesus is calling the, peop- the disciples together and saying, you know those crowds down there? You know those crowds down there? Those crowds down there are full of people who are going through different things. The crowds down there are all kinds of different people. And when you think about those crowds, when you think about them, when you think about them, then consider this. Consider that blessed are the poor in spirit. Blessed are those who mourn. Blessed are the meek. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. Think about what some of the opposites of those are. It's not... Blessed are the scholars, are the religious scholars. No, blessed are the poor in spirit. It's not blessed are those for whom everything is going great. Blessed are those who who mourn. Blessed are the meek, not blessed are the bold. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, not blessed are those who hunger and thirst for power or notoriety. Blessed are the merciful, not the judgmental. Blessed are the pure in heart who a lot of people in this day and age would call naive. Blessed are the peacemakers, not the warmongers. And blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake. And blessed, it means happy. We talked about that a few months ago. It means honored. It means fortunate. It means they're in the right place in the right place we're going to value that see those people in the crowds we're going to value that and i wonder how many of us uh, really bring the wrong values to the way we might think about a crowd you know sit down at the mall sometime they still exist by the way you know ever since amazon i my mall frequency has gone way down but if you go there's still people there And if you think about the people going by and you think about what they're going through and you think about who you notice, you think about who you pay attention to, you know, we're going to have a tendency to pay attention to the people who appeal to worldly values. We're going to look at the person, wow, that's a really nice outfit. They're really put together great. That person's in in really good shape. Wow, that, you know, we're going to tend to look at things through that kind of eye. And I think Jesus is telling his people that that's not what we're going to look at. 
that when we deal with the crowds, we're, we're not going to look through the, the lens of the worldly values that we're used to, but instead, we're going to say, blessed are the meek. Blessed are the peacemakers. Blessed are those who mourn. Those are the things we're going to lift up. Those are the people that we're going to value, okay? What Jesus is doing is establishing the values of his mission. He's kind of giving his people a mission statement about who they're going to honor, about what they're going to be about, of what it's going to be like to be a part of Jesus's organization. And it is so much going to be the opposite of the world's values. And I wonder how many of us really think about what those values are as we go through life. What are the values that we have, that we own, that are really a part of who we are as we navigate the day-to-day existence of life? What would your personal mission statement be? you sat there and said you know what this is this is what i do this is what i'm about that everything i do is supposed to be checked against these values okay sometimes the correlation's a little closer than at other times you know i think about coca-cola's mission statement i really wonder when they're sitting there evaluating a new flavor does someone sit there and go yes but does this bring optimism Is there something about it that brings optimism to something to someone's life? I what was it? The, what are some of their new flavors? Orange? There's like an orange flavored Coke. I don't really get it. Hmm? I'm actually partial to black cherry, by the way. That's my, my, my favorite. But, but you know, you, you see that and you go, why? I, I just wonder if someone ever, ever sits there and says, okay, let's look at this, this array of flavors that we have and, and check that array of flavors against our value statements and then, and then wonder, you know, I think we should do orange. It's so much more optimistic than lemon-lime. Do we do this for ourselves? Okay. Do do we have a personal mission statement where we have decided this is what I'm about? These are my values. These are the things that I treasure and and do. And then I'm going to think about the things I do. I'm going to think about my calendar. I'm going to think about the way I go through life. And then I'm actually going to measure what I do against those values. Because if you don't do that, you kind of fall apart. If as a church we, we don't do that, we'll fall apart. I mean, we have to look at things like the Beatitudes and say, hey, are we actually doing that? You know, are, are we actually in a, a church organization that says, you know what, blessed are the meek. Blessed are the pure in heart. Blessed are those, you know, who hunger and thirst for righteousness. Blessed are, are the merciful. Do we actually lift up those values as we try to live into following Christ? Because if we don't, we're not really following Christ. And if we as people say that, you know, you have everybody, everybody will tell you, right, they, they value their families. They value honesty, right? I don't, I don't know if I've met a person who just comes up and says, you know, well, I actually hate my family and I lie all the time. 
they never lift that up as their personal values. But some people do a better job of living into those values than others. But if you don't stop to think about it and say, hey, this is what I'm really about, and I'm actually going to check the way I live against that list of values, you will go astray. I'm going to show you a mission statement from a company that no longer exists. It's really simple. It's not really a full statement. It's just four words. Respect, integrity, communication, and excellence. Anyone want to know what company this is? Was? Enron. <laughs> this was the mission statement of Enron. Somehow, they kind of forgot <laughs> to actually do the stuff in their mission statement. Happens to churches, happens to people. Happens to a church that forgets to value the meek, to value the pure in heart, to value the peacemaker. You know, it happens to churches. If we do that, we're going to be lost. And as people, if we sit there and we say that we are about honesty and we are about integrity and we are about family and we are about friendship and we are about hard work or whatever it is, if we say that that's what we're about, we actually have to ask ourselves, are we living that way? You have to periodically sit down and look at what you do, look at where you devote your time, look at where you devote your energy, look at where you devote your resources and say, are these things actually in keeping with the values that I say I hold? Because if they aren't, you can end up believing that you've got these kinds of values, respect, integrity, communication, and excellence. But your life ends up looking like Enron. So how often do you remind yourself of the mission and values of your life? How often do you sit down and just say, you know, let me, let me do a little gut check once in a while. And by the way, if you, if you, if you have a, a, a life partner, I, I suggest that you do that as a pair. Because you really kind of need to be on the same page. Right? You can't be on a different page with regard to this kind of thing. It's interesting. We talk about Financial Peace University uh, that Paul Plattick leads, you know, the Dave Ramsey course. And, and the first thing, one of the first things they do is develop a family budget. And, one of the, and sometimes it doesn't work this way, but one of the way, things that Dave Ramsey talks about is how important it is that, to, that the partners in a household do that step together. And you'd be surprised at how often only one of the partners comes to the class and can't get their spouse or, or partner or whoever to come to the class with them. Can't get them to come and do the budgeting with them. But that budgeting document, you see, becomes more than just arithmetic. That budgeting document becomes a statement of values, right? Because when they sit down together and they say, here, whatever the amount of money you have, it doesn't really matter how much money you have, but when you sit here and when you sit down and say, I'm going to take this much for this purpose and put this much for that purpose, and my partner and I are going to sit down and do that budgeting together, they're making a values statement. They're making a statement of what their priorities are. 
in terms of savings, in terms of children, in terms of education, in terms of, of recreation, whatever it is, they're making a statement of their values expressed through their budgeting. And so it's really important that they do it together. Because if they're going to build a life together, the core of that life has to be shared values. Because those shared values are going to express themselves in so many different ways. Budget is one of them. Time is one of them. The way you parent your kids is going to be one of them. So you need to sit down and think, what are the mission and values of, of, of my life? And what are our, if you're in a relationship, what are your mission and values together? And how often are you going to check in? And say, are, are we lined up on this? Are we living into this? And so those words from Jesus have to be a part of it too. Are you being that kind of person? Are you being the kind of person who values the meek? Are you being the kind of person who values the merciful? Are you being the kind of person who values the pure in heart? Are you being the kind of person who values the peacemaker? Because Jesus sat his disciples down at the very start of his ministry to go over those things, to set the tone, to say this is who we're going to be and this is how we're going to function. And as we strive to be followers of Christ, we have to keep ourselves checked in, tuned in on those core values that Jesus presented from the very start. Don't just set those aside for when they apply to you because he wasn't talking to you in that sense. He was talking to you, talking to me about they. Blessed are the blank, for they will be. He's talking to us about how we're supposed to relate to the world. And that has to be central to our lives. Because it's not about us. It's about the world not about us. It's about the impact we can have. It's not about us. It's about the love we can show, the peace we can spread, and the way we can make the values of Christ visible in what we do. So that if we were to tell someone what our personal values are, what our personal mission statement is, that person would walk away going, I could have guessed that. As opposed to a person walking away going, they're kidding, right? Because I think we've known both kinds of people. And maybe we've been both kinds of people at different points in our lives. But what kind are we going to be from now going forward is what matters. Amen.